Welcome back to One Nail at a Time, insights for building your patient's medical home. I'm Lori. And I'm Michelle, and we're with the Alberta Medical Association. Today, we're hitting a milestone with our podcast. We have our first international guest with us, Kush Badshaw from the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, or as others might know it by its short form, the IHI. Uh, And their name is very intuitive. (laughs) (laughs) They're an international organization, uh, and uh, they help others to improve healthcare. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to be mysterious and say that the topic that we covered today does not actually directly relate to uh, an implementation element of PMH like all of our other topics have, but it does impact several of them like team-based care, patient-centered care, capacity for improvement, and even engaged leadership. And that topic is, Laurie, (laughs) joy in work. Mm -hmm. And I really think of it as the atmosphere in the house. So we talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, the structure uh, inside the house and even some of the furnishings. But this really is sometimes you just walk in and you get that air Mm -hmm. um, and inside. And so it's really palpable uh, when joy in work is there. And you and I have experienced Mm -hmm. that and talked about it after some of the teams that we've interviewed, where you can really see the camaraderie uh, that exists in those really high functioning medical homes. Absolutely. And it's interesting because there is now a mounting body of evidence to support that those teams that do have that element of joy in their work, uh, patient outcomes are actually better in those clinics. So there's something there. Awesome. Should we take a listen? Let's do it. Welcome, Kush, and thank you so much for joining us in Alberta. You are actually our very first international guest. So thank you for coming all this way. Thank you for having me. We'll just get you to take a moment to introduce who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Kush Badsha. I'm a director at IHI, the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, which is a small but mighty (laughs) not-for-profit organization based in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, We're about... 200 people with an ambitious vision to improve health and healthcare worldwide. Wow. Small job. Small job. <laughs> I'm Brad Baylor, family physician in Sylvan Lake. And as usual, I'm joining Michelle <laughs> on the podcast. I'm always happy to have you. And you are focusing on enhancing joy in the workplace. And how do you find that term goes over when you're talking to your average group of physicians and team members? We we do get a lot of resistance sometimes, particularly when people are new to the term joy or new to improvement work overall. And that's okay. We talk about joy in work very intentionally. We could easily talk about decreasing burnout, increasing resilience, but At IHI, the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, we made a very intentional choice to flip the dialogue in a very assets-based way and talk about the creation of joy and really about what the workforce can do to get to that better state where they are connected to what drew them to medicine and really able to have the right environment to focus on patient care or whatever it is that drives them in their work. So, um, you know, in Alberta, we're focused on primary care networks and trying to advance um, the development of patients' medical home. And so if I'm a if I'm a physician in practice in Alberta, you know, why do I care about 
joy at work? Why does it matter to me? That's a great question. And I think it really goes down to what does matter to you. So in order to do that work effectively, in order to really prioritize the patient effectively, it's important to think about how to create an environment for yourself, for your colleagues, in which you have the right tools and the right resources to be set up for success to do so. And part of that is really ensuring that you have a joyful, thriving workforce with the right environment to be able to focus on the patient more fully. And so kind of if, if we build out that theme and one of the one of the tenants of the medical home is working in teams. So what might a focus on improving joy as a team um, do for us? Or conversely, um, you know, what does working in a team do in terms of bringing joy to one's work? Absolutely. So two of the big components of this joy in work framework that we've started thinking about and have developed is autonomy and control and teamwork and camaraderie. And I think a lot of what you're speaking to is about how can you optimize roles on a team? How can you effectively work with your colleagues, work with staff members to provide the best possible care for a patient, for a person? Um, and that a lot of that is really the ability to work to the top of your license. How can physicians, nurses, MAs, any support staff work to the top of their license? How can we be mindful of a care team composition and really practice team-based care effectively to be able to optimize our interactions with one another and optimize what we are able to provide in that process. And kind of in doing that, um, what does the evidence say in terms of people's joy um, or people's enjoyment of that environment? So I think we, we do firmly believe that people are able to find joy when they're connected to that meaning, connected to what brought them into medicine. And practicing team-based care allows you to truly do the job that you thought you were going to do, that you came into medicine to do, whether it's nursing, being a physician, whatever that job is, practicing team-based care effectively allows you to do it. And I think that's really what gives people joy is I signed up for this and I get to do this. I'm not caught in all this on all this bureaucratic work and all this administrative work that may not be as necessary for my particular function. It's interesting. I was um, as you're talking, I was thinking about an experience where I took my dad into the emergency room and it, it was normally been a bad experience for him. <laughs> he was a little trepidatious about going. But this particular time, there was a different atmosphere. It was, um, it, I, I mean, I, I actually was thinking, wow, this is really weird. This place is joyful. Like patients were talking to each other, like what is going on here? And it was the staff that were working the ER were joyful. They were, they were smiling, they were happy, they were joking around with the patients and it was contagious. And that room, um, it was a totally different experience. So I'm curious to know, is there any evidence about impact on patients when clinic teams um, really, really mindfully pay attention to their own joy at work? Absolutely. And that, that's, a, that's so great that your dad was able to experience that when he went into the um, when he went in and and to see teams functioning like that and the experience that the patients had because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and we do firmly believe that 
addressing joy in work for the purpose of ensuring better workforce dynamics, focusing on your on your staff is reason enough to enter this space and make joy a priority. And to answer your question, there is significant correlation between burnout and poor patient experience and poor patient outcomes. There's numerous studies done, um, including a lot from the Lucian Leap Institute around patient safety and how adverse events are so linked to burnout. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So I guess if I were listening to this, I'd be wondering, what are some simple things I can do? Do I just have to throw a pizza party for my staff? Will that do it? Or is there more to it? Or, or do, you, do you just need to tell them to have more fun? Yeah, right? yeah, I, damn it, have yeah, fun. Have, <laughs> I, I, I actually saw, saw this in a team where the leader had read some literature on burnout and, and you know, wanted to go... And this, the strategy was to tell people, well, you need to be less burned out and have more fun. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that was the strategy. So, yeah. you know, thinking in a in a clinic perspective to Michelle's question where you know, we don't have tons of resources. What are the kind of you know, simple, simple tips that we could do to start with? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it falls on the shoulders of leadership. And there's so much that any individual can do, regardless of where they are in their organization. And that's really the beauty of this work. And I love how you use the pizza party example, because during work, we always like to say so much more than just the occasional pizza party. Um, It's really about what drives you, what motivates you, and how can you get to that? Um, So what we invite leaders to do is have conversations with their staff, ask their staff what matters to them and really use that as a starting place to uncover some of the local impediments or the pebbles in the shoes of the workforce. And that simple question really allows teams to think about what are my opportunities? What are our opportunities to create more joy? And in looking at that, we get a sense of where some of the low-hanging fruit is. What are some of the easy opportunities in which in which a nurse and a physician can just partner and make a small little change, see how that change is able to get positive um, effects and then share it with other units in a particular area. Um, and, And we're able to see what some of that low hanging fruit is that we can work on first. We're able to see what some of the larger initiatives on are. And what we really ask people to do is is just lean in and get involved. Even with some of the larger improvement initiatives or the larger opportunities, think about what role can you play in service of creating what that better state might look like? How can you partner with your leaders? How can you partner with your colleagues to say, hey, this could be better in X, Y, Z way, and here's the role I can play in getting us there. Just just lean in, say what's on your mind, and our ask for leaders in that process is, be open, be open to new ideas, allow your staff to talk, and just foster an environment in which your staff feel safe and comfortable to surface what is on their mind. It's, um, you know, it, it's really good to hear that it doesn't have to be complex. Sometimes you know, we find in, in primary care, we look at these complex frameworks and don't know where to start. But what I hear you saying is it's as, le- as easy as a leader going to staff and saying, hey, you know, what matters to you in your work? 
And, you know, what are the, some of the things that, that get in the way of what matters to you as a starting point? So that, that's really good for me to hear that it can be be that simple as a, as a starting mm-hmm. place. Absolutely. And that's what our Ask for Leaders is. And I would also challenge all the individuals out there, some of the newer nurses, newer physicians, newer clinical care team members, don't wait to be asked. Go and tell your leader. Tell them what matters to you and start the conversation that way. So would it be something like um, encouraging if, if a particular team member has a passion for something, um, allowing that sort of distributed leadership where they can take up their passion project and and lead the team in that in that area? So those sorts of things? Absolutely. I think distributed leadership is great. We really encourage participative management where joy is really created amongst all levels and it's not any one person's responsibility, but the responsibility of everyone. So if there's something that you're really passionate about, really think that this is something that can be better, that can create better experiences for you and your colleagues, go ahead, take the lead and do it and work with your leader to get the right support that you might need for that. I know you have a strong background in improvement and, you know, obviously a lot of what we're um, doing in patients medical home is leading teams and clinics through cycles of improvement. And so, um, you know, the concept of just doing improvement in a clinic and getting together to talk about that um, and changing and trying to meet the needs of our patients in different ways. How does that tie to, to, to join work? So one of the biggest things that individuals can do to create joy is some of that daily improvement and some of that real-time measurement. And we always advise people to start small. Start with a small test of change. What can you do in with one patient in one unit or what can you do around one issue in a particular setting? What can you learn from it? How can you adapt your approach based on what you learn? And then how can you share those learnings with others so that you can start to implement that change at scale? So, you know, um, perfectly okay to start small, use the same kind of method you're using at a clinic for improvement, but start to talk about, you know, what are some of those pebbles or themes coming out of the what matters to me question that we might be able to address. So, you know, it's not a, a whole new process. Uh, it's really building on the skills that we've developed in, in teams and clinics already. And I would imagine it's important if you're going to ask that question, what matters to you? What are the pebbles in your shoe? What happens if you don't follow through and do something with that? That's a great question. I think it's really important as leaders when you start having these conversations with your staff to be ready to act, either ready to say, I hear X, Y, Z things, and this is what we're starting with, this is what we're sequencing first, or be ready to say, I hear you, but we don't have the time and resources to make this a priority yet. That's okay too. Our main ask is to be transparent. People are making themselves vulnerable and sharing what matters to them. They want to be heard, they want to be listened to, so listen to them. and. If you don't have what it takes to test new things or try new things out today, that's okay, but just communicate that. Let them know when it'll be reevaluated or let them know why it's not a priority for right now. So basically, increasing joy in the workplace is more than just putting a whoopee cushion on the doctor's exam chair. 
I get it now. But that's fun too. That is fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kush, we always like to to wrap up our podcast with a question. If you had one piece of advice for a clinic that's that's transitioning to a patient's medical home and thinking about increasing the joy in their clinic workplace environment, what would that best piece of advice be? I would say be bold. Boldly share what's mattering. Boldly share what matters to you. Boldly share what's in your way. And then be ready to do something about it. Be ready to say, and here's a possible solution. Don't just identify the problem, but say, here's how we could begin to fix it. Or I can partner with these people, with my colleagues, with my staff, with my teammates, to start to think about what we can do since we're facing this issue. Um, So my biggest piece of advice would be to speak up, and then be ready to roll up your sleeves and get to work. Hmm. Yeah, like everything in uh, in team-based care and patients' medical home, it's a team sport, and everybody's <laughs> got to be ready to roll up their sleeves and get together and act. So Absolutely. You know, thank you, thank you very much for, for talking with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Chris. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check out the show notes for links to the tools, resources, and websites that were referenced in this podcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment, tell us what you thought and what you'd like to hear more about. And until next time, grab your hammer and keep building one nail at a time.